Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch the Show, hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And this week, darling, I just don't want you to worry. Uh, we're going to be talking about Don't Worry, Darling, Olivia Wilde's sophomore cinematic release starring Florence Pugh and Harry Styles that just came out a couple of weeks ago. And a lot of people have seen and a lot of reactions are mixed. We're going to be breaking that down on the pod, talking about what we thought. And then after that, we're going to have a conversation about our five favorite actors working right now. Just because why not? Why wouldn't we? Top five, got to love it. Got to do it. Got to have it. I need it. So we're going to. Uh, and that's all coming up right after this. Listen to the nice, beautiful music that David created for this podcast. Oh. All right. Don't worry, darling. David, you saw this opening weekend. I believe that I saw it. I saw it. Well, I know when I saw it. I saw it on Tuesday afterwards. Shout out Marcus Theaters, $5 Tuesdays. Jealous. Um, I'm jealous. Yeah, it's such a good deal, a hot deal, a hot deal, as they say on the streets. Mm. Um, overall thoughts, how did you feel about Don't Worry, Darling? I actually felt really good. Um, and I think I felt weird uh, because this was a movie I, I was trying to avoid ratings uh, and people's reaction. But, uh, you know, a guy from The Ringer that we follow, as well as just seeing it, I saw his rating and I saw the overall rating um, on accident. So you're kind of like, Always have that in the back of your mind. We've talked about that plenty. Right. Yeah. It's so like it infest. Yeah. There's nothing. So like after there. after it finished, I was like, I, I actually really enjoyed that. Did I see the same movie that like he and people are talking about? Um. Yeah. Uh, I I enjoyed it. Uh, kind of spoiler spoiler free. I, I just thought, um, Florence Pugh specifically did stellar. Uh, as always, I mean, I don't think I've seen a movie where she's like, where I'm like, Florence, I could have been better. Like, I just haven't had that yet. Right. Um, and I, honestly, I thought Chris Pine was really good. I mm-hmm. thought he was evil. I, I, I thought he was in his, in his groove. Villain bag. Role. Yeah, yeah. He Like, the look he has, that, like, I don't know. It was just good. And mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde did what, as good as well, you know. Um, kind of, she probably put herself in that specific role as she's the director, which makes sense. It, it fit her. And I thought the cinematography was really, really good. Like, every shot I saw, I was like, I like this. I like the costume. I like the set design. The production I thought was fine. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. There were a couple things, which we'll get into, um, for me, that I, I didn't necessarily love or, or enjoy. But I didn't find myself bored. Um, I wasn't distracted. I thought the, the music as well, like the weird music they had, kind of added to scenes for me mm-hmm. of, like, the music is just putting me on edge and kind of giving me anxiety, like what's going to happen. So, oh, and then obviously with a movie like this, you're like, okay, what's, what's going on, you know, uh, right. in this, in this type of film. So, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Um, feels weird. I feel like you and I most of the time agree. And most of the time we kind of agree with the general public. Like we kind of either a half sorry, yeah. above or below, we're kind of the same. But for me specifically, I was like, you know, this is a 3.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I gave it a 4 out of 5, which is 0.9 above the average. Um, of course, I mean, there's 23,000 people that gave that as well. It just feels weird. Like, oh, this is different than what a lot of people are giving it. So, mm-hmm. you know, talking with people, I was like, interesting. So those are my thoughts. Um, yeah, so I try to do the same thing. Obviously, you can't avoid the discourse around this movie. I think it has been the most famous um, – 
quote-unquote media frenzy surrounding an upcoming release that we've had in like the last decade that I can remember. Um, Reportedly Trouble Production, I think that a lot of people, myself included, maybe overreacted to some of the reports uh, of what was going on on set. And I think that there was a lot of just inherent misogyny in the way people were talking about the director. For example, uh, there was a movie coming out in, in shortly, I think maybe even this week, called Amsterdam that is directed by David O. Russell, a director who has reportedly physically abused actors on set um, as well has sexually assaulted his niece. Um, and that is a movie that is still getting made, and you're not seeing headlines about that near as much as you were seeing about Olivia Wilde potentially causing problems on her own set. So I think that's that's kind of gross. I don't really want to relitigate that, but um, I had to take a step back and be like, I'm kind of complicit in, in the negative reaction to this. But I, David told me he liked it, saw it before me, and I have a very just passionate love for the works of Florence Pugh um, and just for her acting prowess. So I was primed and I think ready and that balanced out. And I got in there and I did not like this movie. Um, contrary to David, um, I thought it was... Uh, there are some definite strong points. I would agree Florence and Chris Pine were the standouts for me as well. But a lot of the stuff that I felt dragged it down, dragged it way down. Um, and this movie, especially in the comparisons to others, I felt like just did not really hit. But it, the tone never felt right to me. Um, a lot of the performances felt like they were in different movies. And I, I just did not enjoy this. And I came out of it thinking, ugh, like I, I was disappointed because this uh, we talked about a long time ago our most anticipated movies of the year, and this was one of mine. Uh, I was mm-hmm. really jazzed, excited for this, even throughout all of the, you know, the tumultuous stuff behind the scenes. I was still excited, and I, man, I came out of that. I gave it a two and a half. That dropped to a two, bumped it up to a two and a half. I think it's probably going to stay at a two and a half out of five. Um, but I was expecting more, um, especially as a person who won. Florence Pugh is my favorite actress. Um, I'm spoiling my top five later, but she's going to be number one on that list. And and two, Olivia Wilde's first movie, Booksmart, is one of my favorite movies of the past mm-hmm. 10 years. Um, I really, really enjoy that film. And I just expected more, and I didn't get it here. Um, so, yeah, let's go into some more details. That was spoiler-free. If you have not seen Don't Worry, Darling, and you are planning to, I would dip out of this episode now at this point. Um, or at least this section, you can join us back in for our top five actors conversation later. But yeah, yeah, I can uh, throw that timestamp in if you yeah. can skip ahead for it. Sure. Skip ahead to that timestamp if you would like to skip um, the rest of the thoughts here. Uh, David, you loved it. I don't know. Love maybe is a strong word. You really liked it. Um, tell me why. What were the things that, that you really liked? I don't know. I think, well, okay. I, one thing I think people are not liking it, I'm finding, is people were like very disappointed with the ending. But for me, like, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is like, it wasn't like a get out ending where you have like a twist and then you have like a second plot twist that you weren't expecting of her being like the main one behind it. Mm-hmm. For this one, I was like, oh, okay, that's really interesting. And, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know, I just don't know what people were expecting. Like, I thought that was kind of, you know, interesting and unique. And, um, I, yeah, I just, I loved, um, First of all, I love that Florence got a lot of the screen time because that just kind of rose the quality of the film for me. She did very good in all that yeah. she did, including she's, just the random like she's wrapping herself, you know, in in yeah. saran wrap and the and the wall closing on her and the eggs and seeing uh, her neighbor, you know, jump commit suicide. Like just seeing all this stuff and her, like 
I want to say breakdown, but that's not like in a negative sense. Like she's beginning to like, what is happening? You yeah. Know? Cause the um, world around her is breaking down as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, like, I don't know. And you know, Harry, Harry Styles, I, I something I wrote, like Harry was okay, but I, he's also acting next to Florence who might win an Oscar for this. So I feel like in any, any actor in this role was going to be like, that Florence was much better, you know? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I don't know. He wasn't terrible. That that scene in the car when he's she's getting pulled away and he's like screaming and like crying. Like I thought that was a pretty powerful scene right there. See, I thought all of those were terrible. That's where you and I really? differ. Um I think okay. that the best moments were when Harry was trying to be kind of the suave, cool guy, but anytime he had to show a, a lot of emotion, I thought it fell apart really quickly for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think he should have been. I think he was miscast. Um, and I didn't think his chemistry with Flo was very believable, which this entire movie hinges on their relationship, at least in the simulation being believable. And it just mm-hmm. wasn't. Um, and you could say like, oh, well, that's like, see, it's supposed to depict like she's being forced into this situation. But she clearly says like that she loves him um, like with all of her heart. And that means there needs to be at least some chemistry there. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just didn't feel like it was. But yeah, I like I was laughing. At the mm-hmm. some of the like emotional scenes, like especially the like I built this for you, Alice. Like I just felt like that was one of the worst line readings that I've seen this year in a movie. Interesting. Um, I will say I to really his defense, like it. it was kind of unlucky because I feel like he had like a quarter of the time to prepare than any other actor well, did, which he, is unlucky. Yeah, and that's where the whole controversy of the originally the role was Shia LaBeouf, and then he left the production reportedly over troubles with wild and wild had said previously, which turned out to maybe be iffy or even false is that she did it to protect Florence because Shia LaBeouf has um, allegations against him, assault allegations. Um, So whatever you think, I I will agree with you putting a musician and not full-time actor in this role alongside, in my opinion, the best like young actress, on the planet was a stupid idea. Um, I just, there was no way Harry was going to succeed there. Having to match her energy was absolutely ridiculous. And you could say like, well, he's been in movies before, like in Dunkirk, he's not, there's not, first of all, there's not a lot of dialogue in Dunkirk. And second Mm -hmm. of all, he's not having to do emotional dialogue, heavy scenes with an Oscar nominated actress. He he Mm -hmm. just doesn't have to. So I, I think he was just miscast and that's where it started to fall apart. And man, it kept going from there. You talked about the ending. I didn't like the ending. Um, I didn't like the twist. Uh, I thought it why was kind of disappointing. Here's here's why not. Um, first of all, I think the and this is hurt by the way the movie was set up. The second act was way too long. Mm. Like from the time where she goes and figures out something is wrong to the time where we get revealed what's happening is just so much time. It is so long, and part of that second act was pretty boring. Because we're repeating the same thing over and over again where she sees weird things. She has a breakdown. Her husband tells her it's okay. She sees weird things. She has a breakdown. Her husband tells her. But we kept doing the cycle over and over. I thought the only interesting part outside of the parts what you're talking about with Florence wrapping herself uh, Mm -hmm. was her conversation with Chris Pine. And that also made Harry look weaker because I think like you're seeing the back and forth between her and Chris Pine and you're thinking, okay, yeah, like they have more chemistry than Mm -hmm than harry and flo do yeah that entire scene was so good though in the kitchen and then like the head of the table back and forth like the like that i I thought that that was the best constructed scene in the in the movie um but i just didn't like it felt like 
here's the dangers of your boyfriend being on Discord and going to far corners of Reddit, and he has now found the secret program to enslave you. And you could say, like, that's really, like, dark and prescient, but I felt like, I don't know, this gets into a lot of the other problems, and it's just going to be my, me monologuing, but... I, the movie was, in a lot of respects, and I acknowledge that I'm a straight white male talking about this, in a lot of respects was kind of marketed as this, like, feminist get-out in many ways, um, whether by Wilde's design or not, but, like, was supposed to be this movie that was empowering towards women and would show the struggle of women. My problem was is the feminism that is being displayed in this movie is second-wave feminism from the 60s and 70s and does not match up with anything that's happening in the modern world right now. I felt like the issues that we were solving of men just want their wives to stay at home and work are not even close to the most prescient issues that are women are struggling with today. And that's where the Discord server thing didn't match up with the kind of motif of the film in many ways. But I just thought it was lazy. It felt The ending felt lazy to me. It felt like, oh yeah, he's like this internet lurker in the real world and like drugged her and has kept her. And how does that thing even work? Like they briefly explain it. And I know that the plot doesn't have to hinge on that, but Wild compared this movie to the matrix and its aspect. And while you can have qualms with the matrix as whole humans or batteries for the machines, that doesn't make any sense thing. They at least explained how it worked. Like mm -hmm. you don't even understand how this works. Like the throat, like if you die in there, you die in the real world, um, but maybe not. Um, and also like, how is she, what is she eating? Is that actually food? Like how much is this VR reality to, I, I don't know. I just, it, I think it left me with more questions than answer, but whenever it came, I was like expecting this big twist after this hour of buildup. And it was just like, huh, Harry Styles has a weird goatee and he just, watch sits at home on his computer all day while his wife works and that's how he figured out that she works too much and that he wants her to be different um but you don't get a sense of the conflict there like the i feel like the conflict is very lazily set up so you don't really get the motivations for why harry's character mm -hmm. is doing this mm -hmm. yeah i think my only I, I i listened to a podcast about this as well and they brought up get out as well and that, I feel like for me, that's just un, it's being unfairly compared because in, in my reading and interviews, Olivia Wilde has mentioned nothing about Get Out. She said her Truman Show, Inception, and a little bit of The Matrix was solely her inspiration. Okay. Which so we're also going off of that though. Like you can't say Get Out is too high of a bar and then say your movie is like the Truman Show, The Matrix, and Inception. No, no. I'm saying like, because in, in a very, very loose and broad sense, Get Out and this movie could be similar. Those three movies really aren't like they took aspects of it of in a world you don't know that's it's big, a combination dream it's, it's, stuff like that. But it's yeah. like oh this is not Get Out. This isn't even close. Well I mean yeah nobody on the no one said that it was they wanted to be Get Out. They're trying you know what I mean. So I feel like that's something that's been like unfairly of like yeah but this I can think never with the plot structure it kind of has to be it, it it wants to almost follow the same pattern of like person living in this world you know something's wrong but you don't exactly know what. Um, it seems like the people around you have ulterior motives, but some of them are treating you nice. So you like don't have an idea. There's a big confrontation scene with what is actually happening where everything gets exposed and you understand what's going on. And then you make steps to try to break out of the world that you're going to be trapped in. 
Like I, I it's the I feel same. Like that's so many movies though, isn't it? But it's isn't the that a very same large genre, movie? and they're so close together. No, I don't feel like that's that big of a genre. I mean, it's it's a horror genre. It's I think it's pretty niche to the main character, the protagonist of your film, is either being subjugated or they're trying to subjugate them into where they are not active in their own mind. I mean, the plot of Get Out is yeah. they're gonna steal his body. And put somebody else's brain in there. That's essentially what is happening in this movie too. They're stealing her body and putting her in a fantasy world where she doesn't actually interact with real people. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I, I did just watch. I, I just watched uh, Aeon Flux last night, and I feel like oh. that's a very similar plot as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. So. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I get that. I I. And what ending were you yes, like that's... expecting? Like, I mean, you may not have. But, like, I don't what know. Would you think? Well, here's the problem. I didn't feel like it was earned with the tone throughout. I was, I never felt um, like scared. And I don't know if this was supposed to be a straight up horror movie, but it, like, you know how in Get Out you're not necessarily scared, but you're really tense. I was mm-hmm. never tense throughout this movie because um, I don't think they did a good job of setting up the tension. From the jump, you were like, all right, everything about this is screwed up, um, mm-hmm. and you know that it's wrong. But at the jump of Get Out, this is why I'm comparing the movies. Um, you still feel the underlying like CD underbelly, but Jordan Peele is doing a good no- enough job of hiding it. So it's okay. Like a red flag goes off in your brain when he says like, I would have voted for Obama for a third term, but you're like, not, you're not thinking the whole time. Like, okay, I know something's wrong with these people, but I can't figure out what, like that's a red flag, but mm-hmm. it's not, I'm still tense. Like I'm worried. I know that's a red flag, but nothing has happened yet. It, felt like this was exposed immediately and i was like okay so these all these people are evil um and another problem that i had with the end that we haven't talked about yet uh why does shelly kill frank so frank chris pine's character his wife shelly why does she kill him that i don't know that was my only other quail with it qualm with it was like oh because they don't set that up in any way shape shelly knows i believe i believe shelly knows about this whole program as right, and she is actively involved. helping recruit with her husband, um, and that doesn't feel like a twist that's earned at all. That's like we need some blood in this film. We need we need something where audiences go, <gasps> and there are people in my theater that did that. Um, I will say that the twist made no sense and yet was entirely predictable. Like I knew as soon as they showed her cutting up stuff with the knife that he was going to get stabbed. Like that was automatic. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, that that I didn't understand. But I, I will say this about the turn. I don't know. I think we just got different vibes because, I, I mean, pretty quick I knew something was off. But I was like, okay, okay, now what is that being? So uh, the whole movie I'm trying to figure out, okay, what is it like? You, we still don't know. Is this a fake world? Are they – is this real? Is it, like So I feel like the whole movie I'm still trying to figure out, okay, then what is it? I know something's off. So I feel like that's not like a, a – bad thing i mean if you told me you guessed the ending the first 30 minutes I'm, i would tell you you're wrong there's no way you could have guessed that oh they're in a she's no being tied down to mean bed I, and you know that doesn't mean i wasn't disappointed by it like i no, i don't have fair. to be able to predict the ending what i could easily tell is that this movie never made me tense from the beginning because i knew that its fabricated story was so outlandish there was nothing like hmm. You know, as soon as you start that when they're talking about victory corporation and their precious material stuff you're like okay well, this is the biggest load of crap ever. Like, I know this is obviously a fake world now. Yeah, that's what I felt. Do you think? Do you think that the the trailer hurt this movie? Seeing the trailer and seeing what they revealed in the trailer, do you think that hurt this movie? Mm, 
I, I think, yes, you could say that, but I would argue that no good movie has ever been ruined by the trailer. I mean, Castaway, mm-hmm. they ruined the fact that Tom Hanks is going to get off the island in the trailer, and that movie's still awesome. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. So, that's fair. I don't know. I really just, I really wanted more. I also, I, another thing, and this is, you're not going to love talking about this, but I think it's important to mention. Olivia Wilde has talked about how this movie is a sexually liberating movie for women. And which, um, you know, there's supposed to be like a lot of steamy sex scenes, but focused on fem- women's pleasure and that how men have not uh, really thought about that in the past and whatever. Every if you look at it through that, guys, every sex scene in this movie is done without consent. Hmm. Which feels like that's not progressive. Hmm. Because Florence Pugh is unaware that she's trapped in a world. And I don't know. That just that. Oh, I see I, what you're saying. I thought that this was a movie, to me, the vibe of this movie felt like we're going to say a really smart political statement while also making an entertaining movie. And I didn't feel like the political statement was very smart. And mm. that kind of hurt the entertainment factor of the movie for me. So. Interesting. Because usually we agree on a lot of things, but like for me, like. Yeah, I really you know. I, I knew something was off and I was just like, and for me, I leaned forward of like, okay, now what is it? I'm watching. I'm like, okay, well, who's, who's bad? Who's good? You find out Olivia Wilde actually willingly put herself in. Cause you're like, then you're like, oh, okay, are all women being held there? And yeah. Like, no, and okay. Like, Olivia, Olivia Wilde wants to be know? there. I mean, so it I, sounds like for me, I lean forward, but it sounds like for you at 30 minutes in, you kind of started leaning back. I, I think that I would it, this movie would have been much better if the second act wasn't so long. I mean, this movie should not have been over two hours. It didn't need to be. Um, and you, it, like the story when it, I, I felt like they elongated some parts and rushed the other parts. Um, mm. and the part that they elongated was the most boring part of the movie. And I just felt like that went on forever and ever. Um, and as much as I like watch watching Florence Pugh on screen, like her going through the same exact struggle over and over and over again. And I don't feel like it was, I feel like it was repetition for like length's sake rather than repetition for a point. Um, because yeah. we got the point that she was freaking out and that everything wasn't okay, like four yeah. or five times, but we kept having to see it over and over. It just felt like the middle was so long for me. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to ask you and not to like call you out or I just like to do this. Like when I rank a movie, I'm like, okay, let's compare this to other movies of that ranking mm-hmm. to see if it legitimately can like mm-hmm. okay that was that seems pretty i i, w- I want to mention some of your other 2.5 ratings just to see like okay. yeah that actually i really do feel like that is that or if you're like oh, okay maybe it's not that bad so some of your 2.5 ratings which i believe most of these are very correct because uh i have like you have the meg the adam project green hornet minions rise of Gru, alice in wonderland thor dark world original suicide squad do, do you think that that movie was equivalent to that at, because I, I just recently started doing that, and it kind of changed how I rated. Because I'm like, now some of these you can't be compared, but like some of them, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. it was. I think it's hard. I think it's hard to first. I think my ratings are mostly based off of one: how good is the movie doing it, trying to accomplish what it's trying to accomplish? What is this movie mm. trying to make me feel, and how well is it doing at that? And two: how good of a time did I have? <laughs> um, I don't normally look at like a lot of deeper stuff. Now, some movies inherently, you're not going to have a good time. Like I would never say like Schindler's list, two out of five didn't have fun. Like, obviously, (laughs) but like, what is the movie trying to make me feel? And quite honestly, minions rise of Gru was trying to make me laugh. 
And the amount of time that I laughed was worthy of a two and a half out of five. This movie was trying to make me feel tense and think deeper about feminism and about um, the way in which men interact online and all that other stuff. And I feel like the amount that it did that was worthy of a two and a half. Hmm. So. Yeah, I was just curious. No, I think it's a valid, it's a very valid question to ask. I mean, and some of them, like, you just simply, like, cannot compare. Um, But, you know, I've done that a couple times of, like, I rated a movie of four and a half. I guess maybe with higher ratings, this is easier to do. But, Mm. like, I rated a movie of four and a half. I'm like, all right, this simply is not, you know, No Way Home or The Social Network or Pulp Fiction. I probably should bump this bad boy down. You know what I mean? So I just like to do that sometimes. I understand. No, you're good. No, that's 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 all I got on my uh on my notes of don't worry, darling. You have anything else? No, I think just you know I I would actually say even though I didn't like it, if you're at all curious, which most of the people have probably checked out, um at this point, but I guess you could timestamp this back in. If you are curious about don't worry, darling, I would go watch it. I think it's worth your time in theaters. Like I didn't come out of it thinking I wasted five dollars. Like. Because I felt mm-hmm. like it was important to see this movie. It was a movie that everybody had seen that I wanted to be able to talk about, even if I didn't like it. So if you're curious, I would say go. Uh, even if you're like, eh, I don't know. Is it going to be worth it? I, I I would say go. Yeah. I, I will say uh, real quick, we don't have to spend much time. I saw a couple reports of like on-set people saying like a lot of this stuff didn't happen. Yeah. Um, do you think that either they're lying or that was made up or do you think that Olivia Wilde and some of the members that kind of start some of this to grow anticipation for this movie and to grow the name about it and to get the box office up? Cause I think it's helped it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's close to $50 million right now. But I think so, what, what this goal for this movie was, was Oscar. And as much as we all think box office matters, I think from Wilde's perspective, especially uh, awards would probably matter more at this moment. Mm. Um, and I think that that hurts it. I think that like having this backstage stuff surrounding a film hurts it. I would say that be, I, I don't know about how much I, I'm sure stuff has been exaggerated. I'm, I'm very sure of that. But looking at the tension between people at Venice, just at the movie's premiere at the Venice Film Festival. I, I, I don't I don't see a way in which that um that was fabricated completely i just don't like okay. yeah i don't see a uh, florence Pugh skipping a press conference and olivia wilde having that leaked video where she says flo needs an attitude check like i, I just don't see that happening mm-hmm. in in a fake sort of way also like it's going to make people want to work with you less and a lot of hollywood is about getting people to oh, want to work with you and i true. feel like that that will kind of exclude now it's not going to deter everyone but that will hurt so i I don't yeah. think it's all fabricated, but I would say that some of it, I'm sure, has been exaggerated. Yeah, I think social media has hurt that because I think I, I don't understand the spit gate. I didn't see him spit. Um, also, I found out that uh, Florence, I actually found out Florence missed the rest of the tour because she was filming another movie and Twitter, right? Oh, she's gone. She's yeah. Gone. You know what I mean? So I think some of them were blown out. I do think that some of it's true, but I think Twitter especially. Blew yeah, but she definitely the way that you can read it in an interview, she was doing like as little press as possible for, for a film mm. that she is the anchor of essentially, the little, which is the literal weird. star of. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. No, I was, I was just curious about that, you know, but um, mm-hmm. this has been, don't worry, darling talk. We're going to take a quick break and then we will be back with our top five actors right now. 
right, welcome back. We're now going to do top five actors. We're already running a little bit over our normal time, but we're still going to do it no matter what. Um, David, give me your fifth place actor. I know this was a struggle for you. This was a struggle for me. I'm sure we both have a bunch of people that just missed the cut. Give me your five. Um, on, my fifth one, and honestly, he was really in one high-quality movie. I'm going Tom Holland. Um, no okay. Way Home for me was just a really – his performance in, in No Way Home was probably, I think, his best of the Marvel movies. Maybe that, that dialogue between him and Robert Downey Jr. when he, he passed away. Spoilers, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. But he just did so well in No Way Home. Also in Uncharted this year. That's two movies. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I was just blown away by how he – performed in no way home so tom holland at five for me mm-hmm. i guess we should explain um sorry I yeah, yeah, to yeah clarify some of the stuff before right now so we're meeting actors who are like actively working not ones that appear like in films like robert de niro does seldom but he's far from his peak i think we're talking about actors who are in their prime working constantly right now probably going to skew younger on our list but doesn't necessarily have to be and also people were excited about seeing and stuff in the future uh, and my number five is another Tom, but it's not even close to your Tom. And that's Tom Cruise. Uh, and that's why I said not necessarily young. Give me a bad movie Tom Cruise has made in the last five years. It, I, I actually probably can't. I don't know when Mummy came out, but that was probably like 20, like 14 or 13. Yeah, I mean, The Mummy would be the last bad, bad one. But I, I, like consistently, Tom Cruise is box office. And I don't know that his acting prowess is is as good as it once was, or if he is even trying to do that anymore. But I know if Tom Cruise is marketing a movie and he's out there working for it, it's going to be a good time. You know, Top Gun Maverick is the epitome of that. Um, Mission Impossible, Fallout, and this upcoming Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. I hate when they do Part 1s, but I don't care because it's Tom Cruise in a Mission Impossible movie. I'm going to go out and see it. It's going to be so good. He's clearly just made a conscious choice to dedicate his career at this point to, I'm just going to make movies that I enjoy making, that I am the star of that are big action films that need to be seen on the big screen. And I'm all for that. I love that. I think we need that, especially out. And he's doing it outside of the MCU, um, which not, that's not to say I hate the MCU, but it's nice to have a big event film that is not Marvel. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. He, uh, this, this is a guy that barely missed my list. He was on my pool. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. He, he snuck in over some other people that, I don't know. It was tough. It was tough for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, Tom Cruise, David, four. Four for me is Florence Pugh. Okay. And uh, I know that's not as, as high probably as even you wanted me to have her. Let's but... just let's save the flow conversation for when I do it so we can just both talk about it. We know she's my okay. one. So Florence so Pugh is, is four for me. Yeah. Okay. Not to cut you off there, but I just think no, that's, we can that just have sense. that conversation at the same time. My next one, uh, my number four pick, um, was a person I I think I just had to include, and that's Greta Gerwig. Um, and I mm-hmm. really like Greta Gerwig as a filmmaker and a director, but she, to me right now, is one of the funniest actors on the planet. Um, I'm really excited for White Noise. have seen some press images for that and stuff. And I, I'm still really excited that that novel was fantastic uh, book by Don DeLillo. If you haven't read it yet, I'd highly recommend reading that book. Um, but she does this like awkward, almost office type comedy, but in such a funny way. Um, and her line readings are so good. I think of movies like Francis Ha um, and, in which she's just so funny. And even movies that aren't good. I recently watched um, 
and I can't, I'm blanking on the name of it. It's the Zac Efron, Miles Teller, uh, and Michael B. Jordan rom-com in which they're all single friends. No, hmm. wait, she's not in that one. Wait, I'm trying, I'm mixing it up. Oh, No Strings Attached. That's the bad rom-com. Sorry, yeah. I'm getting my bad yeah. rom-coms I saw. No Strings Attached. Greta Gerwig is in that movie for approximately 17 minutes, and she's hilarious the whole time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why didn't we focus this movie on Greta Gerwig? She's really funny in Mistress America. Um, and now she's, like, turning to the other side of the camera and making really promising movies. I'm super excited for Barbie. Obviously, Lady Bird was fantastic, and Little Women is one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Um, but Greta Gerwig just understands comedy and understands how to make it so it's not just cringy, millennial, like, humor or just gross out stuff she's just like very smart with it um and very funny so greta Mm. four number three for me uh is actually daniel kuya um was in same number three same number three go let's go uh yeah he obviously in jordan peele's latest installment of nope uh but also 2021 film judas and the black messiah appeared in oh he's so uh, good just very very solid films uh did he win an oscar in judas or was that stanfield one i know um, one one and the other was nominated i, I can't remember which he, one i think he was i think he was i don't think stanfield was nominated i think he was the only one that was nominated they were both nominated in supporting which was weird yeah um because they both i guess had equal time in that movie but let me look it up but, um, um he's just yeah he's won he's won best actor twice or he won best actor for get out and then best supporting actor for judas and the black messiah i believe yeah dude he's just been so good and like he's just consistent in every film no matter how good like these two are or bad you know i don't know I, he's probably not i mean every actor's in a bad film or an oh no film. he my bad i'm sorry he was nominated he lost to rami malek for bohemian rhapsody that year got you got you Okay. But, like, no matter what film he's in, leading or supporting, like, he's just so consistent in what he does. He's very good. I loved his role in Nope. That He just, like, every once in a while you get a, a performance by a certain actor where you're like, that's just, like, who they are in real life, I feel like. And what I saw in Nope, like, super laid back, kind of quiet, um, confident, knows what he wants. Like, that just seems like who Daniel Kaluuya is in, this, in real life. And, like, yeah. it was just so good in Nope, and I really liked it. Um, I don't – there's not even much to be said. He's just a very good actor, and if you've seen his movies, I think you'd agree. I think it's just very obvious, yeah. Um, get, being able to carry a film like Get Out in the way that he did was was extremely important. And then, you know, the biopic route uh, does Fred Hampton in Judas and the Black Messiah was really, really good, too. Uh, and I just think I, I've actually started watching a TV show that he was on called Skins, which is a British, like almost British euphoria, I guess you could say, um, mm-hmm. that's like in, from the early 2000s. And he's like in that as a comedy character. And he's also really funny. Um, really? Dude wow. just has dude just has range. And it's the, it's the small moments in Nope, like with him and Kiki Palmer, like the high fiving after they realize the guy has a camera that doesn't run on electricity and he's like i knew he'd have one of those and just the high five like his physical yeah. acting is great he he commands the screen when he's on it uh yeah i anytime daniel Kaluuya is in, in the lead of a film i'm going to show up and i'm gonna watch yeah that's so funny that we just had the same yeah same, same number, number three. three that's why it makes okay, sense David. though like all right number two honestly this might be a reason i didn't pick tom cruise because i don't want it two actors from the same film I'm going Miles Teller. Really? I'm a big, okay. 
I'm a big Miles Teller fan. Um, I think he did very, very good in Top Gun Maverick. Um, and he was also in Spider, Spiderhead, uh, a movie dropped in late. No, it was early this 20, it was early this year, not late last it year. It was in uh, the summer. It was early summer this year. Okay. Um, and, not, uh, very, not very good, but kind of fun. Yeah, kind of fun. And, and he had a pretty good performance. And like, I'm not seeing much of his like comedy movies. They, they're okay, but. Man, Whiplash is one of the yeah. higher rated movies, and he does an absolutely phenomenal job. And at many other movies, spectacular now, uh, more serious roles, only the brave, stuff like that. I really like him as one of the younger actors, and I think he's only, I think he's going upward from here because, uh, I don't know, I, I just really, I just really like him when he's serious. You know, I, I've seen some comedy stuff, and I think it's okay, but when he's like really passionate, like in Whiplash, Top Gun Maverick, I'm just super impressed with his ability. Um, to take take on a role and take on a character, kind of high high expectations too at Top Gun Maverick. Like the role he was in is not necessarily an easy one to play, and I thought mm-hmm. he did a very good job. So mm-hmm. both what he's been in and in the future, I'm hoping he's taking more serious roles. Yeah, Miles Teller is a two for me. The Teller bump is real. It just recently hosted SNL. Obviously, was in the biggest movie of this year so far in Top Gun Maverick. And yeah, he's just really good. He's likable too. Like he's mm-hmm. just really likable on and off screen. And uh, I think he's he's going to be around for a while. He's really good. So I like that pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is Saoirse Ronan. Um, Saoirse Ronan, I think, is I, – I, I will say this take later. Well, I'll just say it now. I think Saoirse and Florence are this generation's Meryl Streep and Frances McDormand. Uh, I just mm-hmm. I just really see that. The longevity that they have and the talent that they both have, I think that they're just going to both be Oscar-winning – actresses for the next 30 or 40 years uh just search's filmography is absolutely kind of stupid for how young she is just how many good movies she's been in uh i think from what i've seen her best movie is ladybird um but she like she's just working with really smart filmmakers and making interesting movies but she's just really good she does comedy well like in ladybird um but she can also do serious stuff Brooklyn. Um, she was really good as a child actress in Hannah. Um, I think she's like 15 in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, her and Chalamet pairing is probably going to be something we see a lot in the future. But uh, again, another person that whenever search is in a movie, I'm, I'm going to go watch it. Like I, ju- mm-hmm. I just am. Um, I don't think she's made a bad one yet. I really enjoyed seeing her in the French dispatch. She's really, really good in grand Budapest as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a movie a I just women. recently watched, and that's in my top 20 favorite movies of all time. Grand yeah, that's, that's Wes Anderson's so masterpiece, good. and I, it, she's very, very good in that as well. I'm just really excited for everything that she she's going to be in. And I'm pretty sure right now I think she's making like a World War II film, um, and then I, I think some sort of kind of biopic. And I'm pretty sure she's also in the new Wes Anderson movie, although I'm not 100% everybody's rumored to be in that. Um, but really excited. Anytime I'm going to see her in something, I'm going to watch. So Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> also should mention Brooklyn, which is a movie she won an Academy Award for, I believe. So cool. Already great. My, and I'll go ahead and go with my number one. Can I guess your number one? Yeah. Adam Driver. No. Dang. I no. really thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, Honestly, I think he's not. I would have, but I think he's just recently. I've not heard much. Yeah, he hasn't released anything in a while. Wait for White you know? Noise, baby. Wait for it's White true. Noise is coming out. 
this this might surprise you. Honestly, I, I picked a lot of mine based on what I've seen so far this year. You know, number one for me is Ethan Hawke. Oh, this is good. Dude, I, I really he, like Ethan Hawke. He, he, he's been loaded this year. He, he was voiced in The Guilty, uh, but he was starred in The Black, Black Phone. He was in The Northman. He was in Moon Knight. And he's just so good in everything that he does. I especially loved him in The Black Phone. Um, man, he's just like, he, he's able to just like spit out so many films, but I feel like it's not like a Mark Wahlberg where it's like, why does he be on this terrible Netflix movie? Like, new film, Ethan Hawke does good. New show, oh, Ethan Hawke's high quality performance, you know? And so, yeah, dude, I really enjoy watching Ethan Hawke. And we, we've watched a lot of Ethan Hawke movies here recently with that Before Sunset trilogy. Uh, the Before Trilogy is fantastic. Yeah, Ethan Hawke is and, great. Um, yeah, dude, there's just a lot of good movies. And have you seen The Black Phone yet? No, I haven't had the chance to, but I'm, I think I'm actually going to try to watch it this month. I'm trying to watch a bunch of horror movies in October. So I, I loved, loved, loved uh, his his performance. Just so weird. And it sounds it's just like an Ethan Hawke movie. So, yeah, that's my number one. Uh, he's been in a lot, and he's probably going to be in a lot more. Uh, but, yeah, Ethan Hawke, number uno. Ethan Hawke, really interesting guy, makes really interesting choices, is funny, and can do it all, kind of. But yeah, I mean, go back and rewatch his stuff, uh, especially mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the Before trilogy. I highly, highly recommend you see that. One of my favorite movie trilogies of all time, um, as a person Bro, did who you, watches a lot of trilogies. Did you know, I can't remember her name now, his daughter, do you know who his daughter is? Maya Hawke, yeah, they have the same last name. But like in Stranger Things, like I know you see that, but I'm, I'm like, I just haven't thought about that. That's just crazy. Well, that... you should look at, I mean, she, she doesn't look like Ethan. She looks like her mom. She looks like Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, that's, that's my number one. Also, Ethan Hawke one time was sitting courtside at a game with his son and his son was sitting next to Rihanna and Ethan Hawke switched seats with his son so he could sit next to Rihanna. And there's a very <laughs> funny photo of him just leaning back like the chillest dude ever talking to Rihanna, living the dream. So that's shout awesome. out my guy, Ethan Hawke. That's great. All right, my number one, no fanfare at all because I've already talked about it. It's one. Is it Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love Mark Wahlberg. Actually, just no, watch Will Smith. Nights, which is cut. Stop. Uh, oh, David it's, had... it's Liam Neeson, isn't it? <laughs> oh, this is so frustrating for me. Florence Pugh. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I actually think Don't Worry Darling is helping my perception of Florence Pugh because before I was like, every Florence Pugh movie I've seen, with the exception of one horror movie that she made, like, I think when she was 18 has been really good, and I really enjoyed all of them. Um, but can she carry a movie that's not very good? And yes, like nobody has come out of Don't Worry Darling saying Florence Pugh wasn't that good. Like, even if you didn't like it, you're like, Florence Pugh was amazing in that. Um, but she's just, I don't think there's any actor that does facial expressions better than her right now, especially the mm-hmm. upset. Like, when she starts to do the frown thing, she does it in Don't Worry Darling. I think about in Little Women when she's having that conversation with Chalamet. Um, she's just so good at that aspect of it and then her line readings are fantastic she's got a sense of humor obviously as we've seen she's funny in black widow she's funny when she returns as yelena in hawkeye but she can do midsummer and then she can also turn around and do little women um Mm -hmm. and she can put up oscar performances in both uh i i just the sky is the limit for her i don't see any way that she slows down and she's in dune 2 now like what yeah. the only way for me to be more excited about Dune 2 was adding Florence Pugh to it. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. She's, um, she's like one of 
the most popular and promising like up and coming actors. I think of this like next decade. Like she, mm-hmm. I think every every list and every talk talk about segment I've seen, it's been like like Florence Pugh is as on the up and coming and, and three movies, you know, stellar movies already. Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan next movie, she's on that. Dune Part Two, she's on that. Thunderbolts, uh, a next um you know Marvel Marvel movie installment. Three of those she's already confirmed for and has a big role for. Uh, and a lot more movies to go, right? We, we hear, we get, you know, more surprise movies than we do like two and a half years planned out, unless you're Marvel, because they just plan for like the next 10 years. Um, so yeah, she's just, I think something she has to be careful though is not just to take any role, because she's going to get a lot of offers, right? Oh, and yeah. For her yeah. to be selective in who she works for and, and what she does. And, and so far, the three that I'm seeing up here, Dune, Oppenheimer, and Thunderbolts, that's, that's pretty good. Um, well, so, so yeah, I'm very excited. So what I think she's doing this really smart is she's obviously tied in that Marvel contract, right? She is going to yeah. be Elena for probably the next 10 years almost, but that's not stopping her. You know, she's going mm-hmm. to be Elena in Thunderbolts, but she's also in Dune Part 2. She's in Oppenheimer. She's in The uh, the Maid, another movie that's been announced. She's in a movie this year called The Wonder that's a little Netflix movie that's dropping. She's in Don't Worry Darling. Heck, she did voice over work for Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I mean... She's in a lot slaps. of she's in a lot of these these smaller movies and I I think that yeah she kind of burst on the scene she had fighting with my family and then right after that um Midsummer and Little Women in the same year um <laughs> all of those three wow. movies were in the same year that's an insane 2019 and from there everybody was like all right well this Florence Pugh person is fantastic let's put her in everything and we are yeah and and, and yeah. that's what's happening and I'm really excited for it. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for the Zendaya, Timothy Chalamet, and Florence Pugh collab. Yeah, that that um, it, that it's gonna be good. I, it's very, yeah. I'm excited. I mean, Denis Villeneuve. I just, yeah, I I can just see her. She is she is the draw that without a doubt Florence Pugh is in this movie. I'm going to watch it. Like this movie called The Wonder that is coming to Netflix. That is about a tale of two strangers who transform each other's lives, a psychological thriller, and a story of love pitted against evil. That kind of sounds BS, Netflixy, jargony, blah, blah, blah. Florence but guess what? It. I'm going to freaking watch that bad boy. Yep. You know yep. it. All right, it's kind of crazy. No, well, I was going to say real quick. It's kind of crazy, like, the three movies that I listed. Christopher Nolan, she's in that movie. One of the greatest directors of all time. Denis Villeneuve. I always stutter over his name. Villeneuve. You're good. You're good. Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah. One of the most top up-and-coming directors. I mean, he's already kind of established himself, but he still has, I feel like there's, he could do so much more. And then, you know, you're in the Marvel Universe, the Kevin Feige. Like, those are three pretty high accomplishments to be in. And mm-hmm. she's just starting, you know. So it's it, I'm excited to see where she goes, as well as, you know, some of these other other people we've mentioned younger younger stars as well sorry tom mm-hmm. and ethan hawk but you're kind of on your you're, you're on your your way out there yeah yeah that's true david before we go um who just missed the cut for you um so i asked you really about tv shows because i i i thought about matt smith uh in his per- performance so he far in house, so of the Dragon. in house of the dragon right now also his performance in uh last night in soho um was 
was was good, and then he was in Morbius. We don't have to talk about that. That's he's the best fault. part of Morbius, though. Was I mean, it, that's, well, that's I'm true. not even close. He's by far the best part of Morbius. That's true. Uh, Tom Cruise, like I mentioned, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, right in the Marvel universe, but also the Power of the Dog. He was really mm, good in that he's one. He's very good in the Power of the Dog. Um, and so those are probably the top three for me that that almost made it. What about you? I had um Adam Driver. Mm. Uh, he's close for me. Uh. Easily could have been switched out for Tom Cruise here. Was right on the cusp. Viola Davis. Um, mm. I haven't seen The Woman King yet. I, I plan to soon. But again, like Viola Davis is one of those like pick a movie and Viola Davis is great in it. You know, even in that aforementioned uh, Suicide Squad movie from what 2018 that was terrible. Mm-hmm. Viola Davis is fantastic in that movie. Bro, <laughs> even though the every, movie's not good. I feel like every movie I watch with her in it. It's like her origin story setting up for Suicide Squad. For some reason, the plot always aligns. Yeah, she's really good at being menacing, but I think she's just so powerful as a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, on the younger side, uh, Ani Taylor-Joy was close yeah. to making yeah. the list. So was Zoe Kravitz as well, mm-hmm. um, and Dakota yeah, Johnson. Yeah, no one from dude, no one from Batman made our list. I am surprised because like there's a lot of stellar people, especially like Jeffrey Wright. He's one of those guys that are just kind. He's kind of like a like he's a, a character sub. actor. He's a character actor. He's not. He's in he's so not many movies. In anything, you know? Yeah, that's true. He's very good. I, I, Zoe Kravitz was the Batman thing. I think she's good in Fury Road, although the part's not that that big. Um, but she's very exciting. Um, yeah. I think Catwoman was stellar, and Dakota Johnson, almost entirely on the back of Suspiria for me, is. Mm. It's just, it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal movie, and she is great in that movie. Um, and then lastly, I want to mention this one last person, and then we can go. Tony Collette. Mm. Um, almost for Hereditary alone, but just Tony Collette is fantastic in everything as well. Knives Out, the, she was great. Yeah. Um, and Nightmare Alley, right? She was in that one. And as Nightmare well. Alley, she was also yeah. really good in Nightmare Alley. Uh, I I'm not gonna lie, I haven't looked at her IMDb in a little bit. I don't know what she has coming around the corner. Um, but Tony Collette, really, really good. Uh, looks yeah. like she's doing TV stuff, <laughs> which happens, but yeah, put another horror movie. Come on, she's reportedly in a movie called Mafia Mama. Interesting, okay. in which she is the lead. All right, gonna watch that. On that note, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, but hey. We've been talking about our top five favorite actors right now in this moment. It's been a hey of a day. It's been fun. We've been enjoying it. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to y'all later. It's been What Do You Want to Watch? Episode 42. We will see you all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.